0: KQED. Hey, listener, this is Carly, and I just want to remind you that we have a brand new hotline. We figured out how to set it up. It's here. It's real. And if you call it and leave us a message, we're going to listen to
1: every single
0: one. So please call the number that Emmanuel is about to tell you.
1: The number is 415-553-2850-415. We actually call this voicemail like it's the 90s and listen to all of them. So, we were thinking it would be fun if you guys pitch us ideas for something we should talk about that we haven't yet that you really want to hear our perspective on, and we might do it on a future episode.
0: Wouldn't you love that? I would love that. Yes. And listener, Emmanuel learned that hotline number off by heart. He's not even reading off a sheet of paper. So, honor his wishes, and call us now.
1: I know my number, my parents' number, and this one. So Mm. you should memorize it as well, is what I'm saying.
0: I don't think
2: that I know your numbers. I'm such a bad friend.
1: I don't know yours. don't know yours. But I do know that our hotline is (laughs) 415-553-2850.
0: Wait, you wrote it on your
1: hand. No way. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And I'm Jamitra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler. The 90s are so yesterday. Get in, loser. We're going shopping for early aughts nostalgia.
0: And I'll be chatting comedy, Brexit, and the Spice Girls with the man you could call the British John Oliver, if John Oliver were not also British, Nish Kumar. And I'm going to issue a
2: PSA to all you people participating in, quote, light homophobia and transphobia. Oof. Remove the light and just call it what it is.
0: Come get them. Collect.
1: <laughs> Do y'all miss juicy couture velour tracksuits? My uh, ass doesn't.
2: <laughs> well, back then,
1: mama couldn't afford, so no. Well, maybe you'll be able to afford it now because they're making a comeback. Nope, no, no, No. And they're not the only Y2K-era early aughts relic that's trying to be of the now. Mm. The Hills is being rebooted.
2: No. No. Who's the cast?
1: With no Lauren Conrad.
2: Who is the cast?
1: Heidi, Spencer, and some other folks. No. Wait, no. who asked for this? Do I need to see Heidi Parent? Where's Whitley? No. Is Whitley coming back? It's Whitney <laughs> okay. <How dare> you? <laughs> well, is Whitney coming back? She is coming okay. back. The Jersey Shore is already back. No. Mm, that's sad. TRL came back and is a flop. Is Carson uh, a part of that? He is not. Okay. He is collecting his uh, retirement checks at this point.
0: I was going to say something rude, but
2: I oh. am
1: not. Ruder than the thing I just said. I was, it
0: was going to have to do with what the It's with all no. these new reality shows coming back? We have too much reality. We need mm. fantasy.
1: Do you like the fantasy of SpongeBob SquarePants memes? Because they're bringing that back oh, in a RIP.
2: major way. We just lost the
1: creator of. I know. Oh. There's this app called Hooji, which is an app that's supposed to make your photos look like they were taken from a disposable camera and they're all grainy. Oh. Okay, that's
0: called Instagram. We already have that. I don't <laughs> this is the one that puts like the, the lens like flare and yes. timestamp on it. No, no. Isn't there like a new disposable camera thing? I know that one.
2: the children in my life all want one. And it's there's this new sort of like it's basically a Polaroid, but mm-hmm. it's a new version of the Polaroid. And I'm like, I thought we got rid of that. I thought we moved away from this, people.
1: Everything comes
0: back. Pretty much. These kids need to hear the sound of <laughs> as you wind the disposable camera <laughs> exactly.
1: on the Yeah. How else are you supposed to exercise that thumb muscle? My thumbs mm-hmm. have never been stronger. Yeah. Pokemon Go, which is, you know, newly reviving the brand, $2 billion in revenue. And now we have Detective Pikachu. Oh, no. Which is coming out next year. Yes. It's a movie about Pikachu as a detective.
0: Oh, this is the one with Ryan Reynolds voicing it, isn't it? Yes. I'll pass.
1: Wow. So, all of that to say, we truly live in a TBT era. Everything comes <laughs> back that once was, even if it's pretty recent. Hmm. So this fascination with the turn of the millennium specifically is having its way with today's pop music, in addition to all the stuff I already listed, hmm. with the overall sound, but also the content. Take, for example, this banger from Charlie XCX called 1999. Mercedes, drive
3: to shady like, oh,
2: Okay. First of all, let me just start by saying the only nineteen ninety nine I acknowledge
0: is the one by Prince. Okay. So nice try, Charlie. All <laughs> other tries <laughs> are invalidated. Yeah, no. The coupon
1: will not be accepted. No. She's riding around listening to Shady, she said. Things were easier back then.
0: L- that drum sound is so high, it's like so sweet and high that ding, I have ding, a headache. Ding, I mm. have an actual headache.
2: She did mention Britney's hit me one more time, mm-hmm. which how problematic was that outfit in the video? And I'm, I, I'm just remembering a lot of things that Britney got away with back in the day that I don't think.
1: Like a song called Slave for You.
2: Oh, I don't oh, think that would fly. Yes. these And I think if I remember correctly, in a past episode, we talked about the fact that Janet actually turned down that song. For, I mean, for obvious, for obvious reasons. reasons yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so because Spotify is a stalker, mm-hmm. they immediately offered up a similar song with a similar theme. This one's by Anne-Marie, and it's called 2002. Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's never
1: been better than the summer of 2002. Ooh. And it went like this, say,
0: oops, I got am probably singing ba ba ba. Hold up if you want. I was so ready to crap all over that, but it's actually really yeah. fun. Again with the Britney and the "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." But I'm getting TLC No Scrubs vibes from the guitar. I was getting
2: a hint of some Nelly Furtado vocal in oh. there, right? Right? Yes. Little Timbaland edge, yeah.
1: There, <laughs> thanks, Timbaland.
0: <laughs> oh my there, God, he's here!
1: You know we have great guests on this podcast. <laughs> we actually do. We don't give Nelly her flowers or Listen, whatever that she is needs called. her roses. Is. Yeah, get the bouquet. Together. Her shine must
0: be restored. She is a man eater and promiscuous. Mm.
1: Both things that I want to be. Goals. (laughs) So both of those songs have the similar vibe of like a past era was better, easier, more carefree. Mm. More carefree. and that's the question. But maybe that's why Ariana Grande, who's had a rough go of it, decided to use her Thank You Next music video to pay homage and find comfort in several early aughts movies. Bring It On mm-hmm. from 2000.
2: Gabrielle Union still looks the same. Shout out. Mm-hmm. She actually does,
0: though. <laughs> we should investigate this.
1: Mummification, I'm, I'm guessing. That's the thing. I going think Dermstall. <laughs> Legally Blonde from 2001. Oh. And 13 Going On 30 and Mean Girls from 2004. She's mm-hmm. going to be dressing up and kind of doing cosplay Mm. for the music video. So all this got me thinking, what is this urge to routinely revisit past decades kind of on a schedule? Some people think it's 40 years, but it's closer to 20 years from what I've seen. Mm. But even 20 years is like, these things are arriving too early for that.
0: I have a quick question. Are the 90s officially over? Is that revival done? By ushering in like this new era of nostalgia for the aughts, are we saying goodbye 90s? Is that what we're doing? Because A, nobody told me. And B, I need to
1: act accordingly. (laughs) Take off the choker, Carly. (laughs) The
0: lace is over. over, Actually not wearing one today, but I instinctively felt my neck to see if I was.
1: I'm wondering if part of this whole cycle of nostalgia is fueled by marketing. Like because we bought up all the plaid skirts and the chokers Mm. and all the 90s memorabilia, by now, because the 90s have been back for quite a mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, we need to still sell things, so let's just move on to the next era, which is the early odds. Before you know it, it's going to be like, TBT, like, mid-2017. It's like, I still have that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't need that.
2: But I do think that there are Puppeteers in the marketing and
0: fashion industry. Oh yes, Our well, strings are being pulled and we that, don't even
2: know oh, it, mm-hmm. they pull these strings and then we all flock to them. Suddenly, Rihanna shows up with bushy eyebrows and a plaid shirt. Remember that that album cover she did a couple oh, years yeah. ago? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then all of us were on the nineties kick, acid wash mm. jeans. We were for it.
0: I'm ready to move on. <laughs> That's an interesting question, though. Who has a vested interest in bringing back certain decades? Obviously, people want to sell us stuff, mm. but why those particular eras?
1: I think maybe Lindsay Lohan's behind this early odds thing because she was dynamite in that era. Clubs in say. Mykonos,
0: plaid skirts.
1: Mm. You're like, she doesn't need help. She's doing fine. She's just kidnapping refugee children. It's no big deal. So it might be marketing. Mm. It might be just the fact that we're narcissistic and we're like, we youthed. Better than anyone else used. Mm -hmm. And so let's go back to that. Hmm. Or it could be that it's overwhelming to keep up with everything these days. So sometimes maybe it feels better to just go back to what you know already. Something that feels safe. Something that you know will get the endorphins
2: pumping. So I will say that I do think right now nostalgia is thick. With our generation in particular, during the late 90s, early 2000s, there, in my opinion, was like this air of possibility. There was going to be a new millennium coming. Yes. We were like, the world is going to end. We survived something. We thought Y2K was a real thing. We thought <laughs> we did. We're going to be over. And then we were like, we made it. If I remember correctly, there was a surplus economically. Like, we were doing great. Before we hit that new recession. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So I think right now, given the political climate, there is a bit of an urge to revisit that and try to immerse ourselves in what was good and the possibilities that were stolen from us.
1: To your point of the 90s being this kind of ideal landscape and this time of optimism, mm. for a lot of people, that was the first time in a long time post like the Cold War that. There wasn't this, like, immediate threat of global war. Mm. And like you said, there was a surplus. People were living. So being nostalgic for the 90s, I understand more than being nostalgic for the early aughts, which is what's currently happening. Because, lest we forget, 9-11, hello. Mm. Anthrax? What? (gasps) Two wars? Recession? Mm. Torture? Like, the fact that we are now romanticizing that era Mm. gives me some pause. And this kind of, like, myopia in terms of the past and kind of using a magic eraser mm. to get rid of all of the ugly parts. Wait,
2: our rose-colored glasses are secure. Like, yes. right on.
1: It also extends to people like George W. Bush, who yeah. back then was pretty unpopular. At best, he was thought of as an idiot. And at worst, he was like a war criminal. Let's yeah. be real. But now he's thought of as this, like, artist who, like, paints himself in the shower and shares candy with Michelle Obama. Yeah. she hugged him once. He's just a grandpa. I think it's getting into dangerous territory when we look back and we kind of whitewash everything that was terrible about the time. And we're like, well, there was some good bops, so let's mm. go back to the early aughts. It's like, uh, I don't want to go back there. And also from a practical
0: stance, I always associate nostalgia and pining for, like, a bygone era with pining for analog stuff, right? Mm. But the reason that longing for the aughts feels just weird and premature to me is that there is no analogue there. We have all the documentation. We have all the relics. We have the screenshots. That was truly digital that era. There's no like plaid and Winona Ryder and reality bites. Like at least there's a whiff of analogue about that stuff. But I probably still have photos on my phone from that era.
1: So apparently some people think that this might be the last cycle of nostalgia in terms of decades. I was
0: gonna say before the world ends?
1: Not because the world is ending, but this writer, Brian Raftery, who works for Wired, wrote this article called Enjoy the Aughts Nostalgia Wave. It might be the last revival. And his whole argument is that there's so many platforms these days and so much content that when we look back on this era, We'll all be looking in different directions because there isn't that like who shot JR moment. There isn't like being everywhere because with streaming, you don't have to hear top 40 if you don't want to hear top 40. So there won't be a
2: collective pop culture experience for us to.
1: Yeah, there's like less unity Hmm. and clarity around all of this. Too much multiplicity. So I guess we should enjoy this early aughts recycling because it might be the last time we do it. Every time you say
0: it might be the last time, my chest gets tight. (laughs)
1: I'll take that pain away by sharing some of the things from the early aughts that we genuinely miss. Yes, let's
2: keep it positive. Yeah,
1: Jamidra, what are you thinking about?
2: Uh, new music from Missy Elliott. <gasps> Everything was Missy back then, Good and shout. I need more of that. So if she could just do that again, we—I'd be perfectly happy.
1: Missy Elliott is right on my list currently, like <laughs> written down right here. I also had Blockbuster because oh, just the vibe therapy. of like. Getting in a car, going over there, having to argue over which one it would be. Oh, the
2: theater, the ritual. It's mm. wonderful. <sighs> going and seeing that dummy box and taking it up to the front and having them tell you the video was not there. Oh, Ooh. God, because
1: someone had me
2: Somebody back. didn't bring it back. Dark yeah.
1: times. <laughs> I also loved the fact that tweens and teens knew HTML and were teaching themselves that so that they could make, like, Stardust fall down on the MySpace page. Mm. And, like, the away messages were lit. With like song lyrics and asterisks. Oh, yes. Amazing. I miss that. And I also miss the delightful finality of snapping your razor phone shut when you were hanging up on someone. It's like, you're done. Bye.
0: Carly, what about you? Well, funnily enough, you saying Blockbuster, I was trying to think of what I really missed from that period. And it wasn't necessarily the movies that came out but it was my own personal excitement about those movies like I was a movie magazine subscriber I really Mm. bought into like the whole sense of event about a movie being teased and trailed and written about and having pre-interviews and then coming out and I feel like that cycle kind of completes so much quicker now with social media and it makes me sad and then I had this realization that you're never actually nostalgic for particular things you're nostalgic for who you were at that time oh, and that's how you bad. felt and your lost youth which you will never Ooh. ever reclaim.
1: RIP. <laughs> wow. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> we can enjoy our strolls down memory lane. It's okay as long as we keep things in perspective. Like we said, do not believe a cherry-picked history. Mm-hmm. George W. Bush is not just a painter. Listen. Let's make sure to remember the ugly parts too so that we don't repeat them. But yeah, for now let's listen to that Charlie XCX song again because it's fun. Do you get off Lime Wire? Kazar, uh, actually. <laughs> Always Kazar. Wish that we could go back in time. Oh, God, memories. Oh, maybe we could do it tonight. Tonight's the
0: I just wanna go back. Back to 1999. Take a look. If there's one bittersweet lining, to the dystopia without the Mad Max costumes landscape of
1: 2018.
0: Would you agree that at least satirical comedians continue to have ample material? Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm really reaching for the silver lining, guys. Help me out.
1: How about this? Like you stand on my shoulders and then Jamita will stand on your shoulders and we'll just reach, reach, reach for mm-hmm. that silver lining because it's hard right now. Yeah, it's
0: so To see hard. one,
1: let alone grasp one.
0: Well, as I have been at pains to point out multiple times on this show, My homeland of Britain is really no better off right now than these shores in terms of pretty much everything. Mm. And definitely political upheaval, we can go toe-to-toe on that. So I wanted to bring the cooler listeners a take from my homeland, and I thought who better to speak to than a very funny UK comedian currently killing it, passing the news for a late night TV audience, Mr. Nish Kumar. Ooh. And for those of you who aren't familiar with his work, here's a clip from Nisha's stand-up at Live at the Apollo to give you an idea.
3: My parents are Indian and middle class, so gentrification is essentially the replacement of people I'm related to by people I went to university with. So it's like, my uncle and auntie, but hello Jeffrey. See you down the pub for some craft beer. <laughs> We've got a lot of Indian pale ales, just no Indians. Okay, I like him already. I like him I already. I thought you would. So, as you heard, Nish is
0: also coming from this place of being a young POC comedian regarding his country lurching increasingly to the right again, hmm. just like this place, and saying, what the f***? And that bleep there is very apt because, guys, things are about to get very sweary in this yes. interview, just to warn you and the listeners. So here's me in conversation with The Mash Report's Nish Nish Kumar. So one of the things that folks here in the US might know you best for is as the frequent co-host of the podcast The Bugle. and yes, very possibly, yes. Yeah, and the, the previous regular co-host of that podcast until 2014 was uh, a young man called John Oliver. I'm not sure if many people that have guy. heard of him. <laughs> 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 of course, he then moved to The Daily that... Show. He then hosted Last Week Tonight.
3: I've, and also, I'm familiar with him from constantly being referred to by people on the internet as a poor man's John Oliver. <laughs> Although I do like to think of him as the rich man's Nish <laughs> was gonna,
0: Literally, that was going to be my next segue by saying, and now as of last year, that you're the host of this BBC show called The Mash Report, which... Yes, uh, that's right, yeah. It's a spin-off of the British Onion, right? The, the Daily Mash. Yes, correct.
3: Yeah, the Daily Mash is uh, the British version of The Onion and has been doing sort of funny satirical headlines for the last few years. And the show kind of spawned out of that website. Um, and so far, we have not been cancelled. And that is the best you can say of it.
0: I hate to say the next word that I'm going to, but I have to do it. Let's talk about Brexit. We have to talk about oh,
3: Brexit. Oh, good old Brexit. Small thing. Might not have heard of it. Yeah, just a little thing. I'm fascinated to know what the American level... I mean, obviously, you have, a, have skin in the game. But I'm always fascinated to know what... The American level of awareness is. I mean, I'm aware that I'm talking to a podcast for NPR in San Francisco. <laughs> you know, this is not a representative demographic.
0: <laughs> not really. Not really. I mean, the general kind of incredulity was the the keynote. I mean, God, there's this um this freeway that takes you over the, the Bay Bridge uh in San yeah. Francisco, and there's this gigantic billboard that says uh Brexit. And I saw it driving the other day and I was like, what? The what? And then I realized it's the name of a credit card over here they've named a card the brexit card and there's what? a there's a tiny asterisk on the sign saying it's a credit card not the european disaster <laughs> what i'm not Why making would that... they call a credit card brexit i have no clue oh, that... but it's a genuine punchline I mean, for an ad man right now
3: that's really <laughs> depressing <laughs> it, oh, you... so when i asked what the level of awareness is we're an international joke. Great. Oh, Lovely pretty stuff. Pretty much. The punchline.
0: <laughs> but in your show, you refer to the political process that's been unleashed uh, by the referendum for Brexit as an Ocean's Eleven of ranking competence. Would you like to offer yes. any other particularly apt summations that occur to you right now for the US
3: audience? Well, I mean, how? what sort of? What are our language restrictions here? I mean, this is a podcast. We will bleep so I mean, you. Right, fine. Well, it's a f***ing shit show. <laughs> it's an absolute shit show. Run by a pack of moronic. <laughs> c-s. That's the best. That last bleep, I just want everyone to know, was the super bleep. That that last one has had to be double bleep.
0: I think that's our in your word. You know what a word,
3: it is. You know what word it is. Well, you can, this is the thing you can't invite a British person on your show and then not expect them You to really can't. C-word.
0: This is the thing. It's, it's in your that nature. That
3: word is as natural to us as, you know, tea and crumpets. Um,. <laughs> So essentially, we had this kind of relationship with the European Union where we were a full member of it, but we didn't really have any of the kind of downsides because we weren't part. There is a currency that several members of the EU use called the euro, um, and we were not part of that currency. We had an unbelievable deal and uh, we turned around and told them to go themselves for reasons that remain unclear to the vast majority of people around the world, I'm sure. It's a really specific cocktail of the fallout from 2008, which built a kind of resentment. Then sort of the government that we had, the kind of conservative government that we had after 2010, tried to remedy the financial crisis by cutting state spending, which has just never worked. But the wonderful thing about it was they were like, well, maybe we've worked out how to do it. And all that's happened is that overall economic growth has stagnated and wages uh, have still yet to reach their pre-2008 level. But meanwhile, the cost of living has stayed pretty much the same. So you have this thing where everybody's kind of built, there's this kind of building economic resentment. And obviously what happens when that happens? people get racist sure as day follows night and so there's a lot of kind of xenophobia and and the European Union was constantly blamed by British politicians for everything that was wrong with our country Uh, and so and then you also have this deluded sense of national importance that we get because we watch too many films about Winston Churchill and so the whole thing kind of built to a head with this Brexit vote and we just decided to kind of you know flip off basic common sense um, but the problem is that all of the people that agitated for the vote basically promised like gold trucks and hand jobs for everybody, and as soon as the vote was delivered, they suddenly realised they were not able to provide gold trucks and that they all had very weak wrists, <laughs> so that they they basically just quit and all have now sort of either kind of retreated to like the fringes of British politics or landed lucrative gigs with the media. Um, and so the actual people who agitated for it have basically fled. So it's now being delivered by a bunch of people who didn't really want to do it in the first place and are also complete morons. So it's a real... I mean, it's a real British farce.
0: Okay, we're almost out of time, but I really want to ask you about the Spice Girls? Because I know that you have beef <laughs> with the Spice Girls. This is a pop culture podcast, niche. It would be remiss of me not to ask you about the quote-unquote malicious influence of the Spice Girls. People can look it up on YouTube.
3: <laughs> there is a clip of me uh, online and the BBC it's, it's part of a kind of longer routine about gentrification, but it ends up with me talking about how there are lots of things that happened in the 90s that we used to think were fine. And now we sort of reflect on it like, oh, that's absolutely awful. Um, And one of them, I posit, is the Spice Girls, because at the time we all thought it was fine, but they have one black member and she's called Scary. (laughs) And then they like dress her in leopard print robes like Kunta Kinte and make her do raps. And she really couldn't rap. (laughs) Heinous. Whenever people say rapping is not hard, I always direct them to the Spice Girls songs where Mel B does a rap. (laughs) It's very difficult. The Spice Girls have always been weirdly conservative. There is this kind of streak to them that they've always sort of, I guess, like, seemed apolitical, but then when you've drilled down into it, have been a bit weirdly conservative. And they've essentially said to people that um, we need to get behind Brexit. Oh, God. And behind Theresa May. And that... um, You know, it's not about girl power really anymore. It's about people power. So, like, the Spice Girls have all lives mattered their own back catalogue.
0: How? How are we here in 2018? How?
3: I've no idea. Who knew that Victoria would be the sensible one to sit out this tour? I mean, I assume they're coming to America. And so I look forward to them sort of wholeheartedly endorsing Trump-Pence 2020. I mean, don't rule it out. Don't rule it out. Well, that's the motto of everything now. (laughs) That's that's the new motto of the human race. Don't rule it out.
0: Pretty much. Don't rule it out,
3: because if you do, it's almost certainly going to (laughs) happen.
0: Nish Kumar, thank you so much for joining us on The Cooler.
3: Thanks for having me, Collie. Cheers.
0: Okay, revelations all throughout. Wow. Your face, Emmanuel, is a picture (laughs) right now. Talk us through what you're feeling.
1: Okay, I love his Brexit take. I needed someone to walk me through that because anyone who follows me on Twitter saw a recent tweet of mine that says, I didn't truly understand Brexit until seeing this. And it's a picture of a protester holding up a sign that says, this is like when Jerry Halliwell <laughs> overestimated her viability as a solo artist and left the Spice Girls, which brings Whoa. us to our That's next a- topic. The Spice Girls and what he had to say about them. How dare <laughs> a fellow British person take their legacy down? Incorrectly. <gasps> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> They are not Shots a conservative fired. group. It was so revolutionary when Beyonce had Chimamanda give the definition of feminism in Flawless in mm-hmm. 2013. Guess who was giving the definition in Spice World in 1997?
0: The wait, movie. Wait, no. They
1: literally say the definition in the movie. Sure, their feminism was simplistic and candied, mm. but you can't expect children to go from zero to bell hooks. We need an on-ramp. So, like, millennials like myself needed that avenue into feminism. They did that for me, and I will f- be forever thankful, and I don't see how that could be a bad thing. Emmanuel,
0: mm-hmm. while I respect your reasoned arguments mm-hmm. and coherent points, if you're a woman, I would call you emotional and hysterical I'm right so now. I'm <laughs> so hysterical. I'm,
1: like, hot. I'm sweating. I mean, do you think Mel B can rap? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because anyone who can work in a Keanu Reeves reference and the word dweeb in a verse <laughs> is a good rapper. Can we hear uh, a clip? Please? Reaching. Whatever
0: I go out, wherever it may be, never is there a Kiana but a dweeb looking at me. But then even if I discard, a loser on the dance floor. Take a deep breath, count one, two, three. I
2: forgot that they violated the Humpty dance beat <laughs> to do that. <laughs>
1: She's a mathematician as well. One, two, three. She's counting like quick maths. she's a pro. Mm. Quick
0: maths. Although I do love that Leeds accent that just comes through because <laughs> not many people rap in a Leeds accent.
1: She's a revolutionary.
0: So if you guys enjoyed that interview with Nish Kumar, you can check out a lot of what he does on The MASH Report, on the BBC's website, or on YouTube. Uh, several of the clips have gone viral, namely a clip about sexual harassment, which I strongly oh. recommend you go and check out on your internets.
1: It's the, the peak, peak and, and the, the pick. pick. Hey, the, the peak and the pick.
2: Hey. It's time for a little peek and a little pit. Mm-hmm. Lay it
0: on us.
2: And this week I'm going to start with the pit. And I'm going to bring us to a topic that we rarely talk about on this show.
1: Sports. Oh.
0: <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm a fanatic of the sport.
2: So I'm going to say a name. You let me know if you recognize it. Dwight Howard?
1: Don't know him. Is mm. he
2: a golfer? Close. He plays... A sport with a ball, but there's no <laughs> pole. They're all it's it's There's a court in, and baskets. So basketball, we'll call it. Okay. Okay, no. okay, okay, okay. So recently, Dwight Howard has been engulfed in a bit of a scandal. In short, he basically got dragged and outed by a former lover. Oh. Mm. The difference between this and other scandals is that this alleged former lover happens to be male.
1: Hmm. Huh.
2: And the reason why this person stepped forward is because he said that he was being threatened by people in Dwight Howard's camp.
0: Oh, to stay quiet.
2: Right. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about this because this person stepped forward because they said they were in fear of their life because they were being threatened by people allegedly threatened by people in Dwight's camp, including his pastor. Oh, God. Who came forward and told him that he needed to move, that he needed to just separate himself, that he needed to not talk about the fact that they were had a former relationship. And he was afraid. And he literally posted evidence of their relationship online because he was like, if something happens to me, I want people to know Whoa. that this is what's going on. And the Internet, instead of being concerned about the fact that this person was afraid for their safety, they decided to start making homophobic and transphobic jokes. Of course. Right. It just sort of like brought up for me that, like, in this era of Me Too, when we're talking about safety and we're talking about uh, people speaking out against harassment, that it's still, quote unquote, okay to make fun of or make light of certain people. And so I just wanted that. I just wanted to acknowledge that because I feel like a lot of people think that if they participate in liking a gif or liking a meme that is homophobic or transphobic, that they're not a part of the problem. And I just want you to know that you are a part of the problem. The focus of this scandal, quote unquote, scandal, shouldn't be that Dwight Howard had an alleged affair with a man or alleged affairs with trans women. It should be that Dwight Howard is allegedly threatening people and making them feel unsafe. We cannot say this enough. Be on the right side of history, guys. I'm saying you don't want to look back and be that person. And now with social media and the Internet's all archived forever. 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 And now let's rise out of
1: that and go to the peak of the week. Shall we? Yes. Yes, please. I can't think of something that would make us feel better Hmm. than the following listener submitted peak. Hello. Hello. From Sarah Humphrey. Hey girl. She says, Hey, Emmanuel, Carly, and Jamidra. She didn't... got all of our names yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> and she spelled Jamidra's name right. Sometimes people <sighs> spell it Demidre. Oh, With yeah. With a D and a Yeah. It's they why. just get they get creative. are like, this isn't Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, Hey, y'all. I've been listening to The Cooler for a few months now, and it's definitely one of my favorite podcasts. Oh. I found you guys through Call Your Girlfriend when Emmanuel was on it and have been listening ever since. I think you are also funny and I wish I lived in San Francisco so we could all be friends. Sarah! I wanted to write in about your recent Victoria's Secret episode. Even though I have been a customer of theirs for Underwear Basics, I already did not love their messaging and your episode made me think twice about shopping there and where I could put my dollars to better use. Mm. Then I remembered that American Eagle's brand Aerie recently did this awesome modeling campaign that is super inclusive. They feature models that are unairbrushed. They are all sizes, colors, shapes, and also have models that are in wheelchairs, missing limbs, have skin conditions, tattoos, piercings, etc. It's effing amazing. Yes, being in my mid-30s, it's a little embarrassing saying I shop at a store geared towards teens, but I actually really like their underwear, and the inclusivity and positive body messages in their branding are awesome. So I'd like to give them a peek of the week. Come through. Put your money where
0: your values are. Yes. Quite right. And let me be the first to say, as someone that wears a choker four out of seven days of the week... (laughs) As a woman in your mid-thirties, you should never apologize for shopping at a (laughs) store designed for teenagers. Do what you do, honey.
1: So thanks for sending that in, Sarah. Peak of the week to you as well, because, hey, we love mail.
2: So I need a bit of empowering music every now and then, and I don't know anybody who's having a better year than Cardi B. Yes. So I decided to end with a song that I can't stop listening to because it makes me feel like a boss. Back it up. (gasps) So in the morning when I'm getting ready for work and I'm like, let me pump myself up, particularly after the holiday break. Mm. I get in the mirror and I tell myself I need to back, back, back it up because (gasps) I'm the queen of talking shit and backing it up.
1: (laughs) Yes. That is the energy we all need in our lives. We
2: all need that energy in our life.
1: Get in the mirror, bump Cardi, channel your inner Issa Rae because she loves a mirror and Mm -hmm. a rap. Yes. And there you go. Start your day right. Better than cereal forget breakfast
0: (laughs) Listeners, you love us, right? If you do, there's a really good way to show it and it's go onto iTunes and leave us a review We read every single one and they make us really happy
1: this episode was edited by me, Emmanuel Hapsis, with help from Ashley Ann Craigbaum.
0: And special thanks to David Marcus and Carolyn
2: pennypacker Riggs.
1: If you miss us in the next week, find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Beauty.
2: I'm at Teacup in the Bay, And I'm Jamidra Says.
1: And remember, you can call our hotline anytime at 415 553
0: 2850. Call us. Bye. Bye. Girl,